The gospel reading for today contains the words of Jesus, and it's Jesus talking to us about the end. And uh, it's very dire things to say about how important it is for us to be ready. You know, look to the sky, look to the signs, and see that you're ready. Don't get caught unawares. Remember the, the, the parable of the, of the ten virgins? You remember that one? The five wise and the five foolish. That's just one in the Bible that talks about preparation <clears throat> for the last day. And on this last Sunday of the church here, I guess it's apropos that we turn our thoughts to that and think seriously about what Jesus has said about the last day, his return. You know, this conversation that Jesus has with his disciples today, uh, it starts a little bit earlier in the gospel. We didn't read that part, but I think it's pretty important. You see, Jesus had been watching people give their money. Now, you'd say that's kind of weird, but it really wasn't because it was in a public place. And and there were many people there. People would come up and take their offerings and throw them into the offering plate up front. And, and we're told that some who gave a lot made sure that everybody knew that they were giving a lot. So there was a lot of hypocrisy going on, and I don't really know what Jesus was thinking. But then the lady comes up that has just a little bit. Do you remember that story? Her might. She gave her might, and that's where the Lutheran Women's Missionary League got its theme, the might giving and all that. And Jesus praises her and says she had little to give, but it was everything she had, so she gave much more than anyone else. So that's the context. And the disciples are with Jesus, and they're kind of looking around, and they're looking at the temple, this great, magnificent building. <clears throat> I'm sure that some of you know it was built by Herod the Great. And as far as I know, I think it was started, the construction in 45 B.C. So it had been a building for a long time. And I'm pretty sure it was a done when, when Jesus and his disciples were walking in the area. But it took a long time, kind of like the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. I think they finally finished that building after over 100 years. But at any rate, they're sitting there, and the disciples are just absolutely amazed at the grandeur of that temple. And they're telling Jesus, just look at this beautiful building. It's just incredible. And Jesus says basically, yes, it really is. But you know what? The day's going to come when there won't be anything here. It's going to be destroyed. And the disciples look at him and say, what are you talking about? Well, Jesus is talking about something that will happen literally in 70 AD, 70 years later, approximately, no, no, 40 years later, when Titus, the Roman emperor, will come in and absolutely destroy the temple. It's just gone. And then Jesus continues with the words that we read in our gospel for today. So he's tying the history of the destruction of the temple in 70 AD to the end of the world. So the destruction of the temple is kind of symbolic of, of the end of this age, when everything we think is permanent and forever will be utterly gone. And that's a dismal prospect. That doesn't make me feel good to think about that. And yet scripture talks about that as a day 
when all things come to a close. But then the scripture goes on and says, and then God will create, <laughs> listen to this, the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness will dwell. And so the end isn't the end after all. It's the end of one era of history, one can say, but it's the beginning of that magnificent time when Christ rules and we, his people, will be with him. So Jesus says, be ready for that day, you know, the end of the world and all that. And then we say, well, how can I be ready? And then the other question is, what, what, what do I know Jesus will say to me? How do I know I'm okay at the end? That's a tough question. I suppose most of us, if we're, you know, honest, would say, well, I just hope Jesus is full of mercy because I'm not what I should be. I know that. And that hymn we read, for heaven's sakes, basically it says, if you do any bad, you're sunk. And if you haven't done anything right in your life, man, you're in a bad place. That's why some of the some of the old mosaics and pictures of Christ as he returns for judgment has a Christ looking stern. I don't know if you've seen those. But he looks like a man who has a visage that would scare you away. And you wouldn't want him to say to you, well, have you done what I told you to do? Do you deserve what I can give you? Or are you going off into perdition or something like that? I think there are many people in the world, and maybe some of us too, who are kind of afraid of that prospect of standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And scripture talks about that a lot. You know, you, you just can't tear that out of the Bible and throw it away. But what in the world does it mean? So you envision Christ coming on the clouds and sitting on the throne, and, and he brings you up and said, well... Tell me, did you do what I wanted you to do? And if you're honest, and if I'm honest, we have to say, Lord, I've, I, I've failed. Well, then go to perdition. It's not a very happy thought. There's got to be a way. And there is. You know, if, if you think about, let's, let's just say we knew for sure that Jesus was coming back next Wednesday. And today's Sunday, so you've got a couple of days. What would you do in those days? It's kind of a silly thing to even suggest, but, but what would you do? Would your lives be different? Would you change things? Would you scurry around trying to clean up your messes if you've left some? Would you get on the telephone and call some people and say, I'm really sorry? I suspect we might do something like that. And I guess maybe we'd take stock on our lives and say, well, am I living the kind of life that God has encouraged me to live? Or am I falling all over myself? Maybe if you had those couple of days to get ready and you were walking down the street and you saw something happening bad to some other person, maybe you'd stop and 
or maybe if you were driving off of, of 417 or something, you come to the Aloma exit, you go out of that exit, and here they are. Can't work, have no food. Maybe you'd give them a buck. Maybe you would. Maybe you never have before, but maybe you would because Christ is coming. And you can take that little story and spin it out and figure out for yourself what you do. But finally, it's really not what you do. It's really who you are. Pastor Seaman remembers these days, back in the early 1970s. Oh, and by the way, I was talking to, um, oh, excuse me, Meyer. Mrs. Meyer, is that right? And Mrs. Meyer was a member of a church uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, um, Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, I think it was called. Uh, and, and that church building had formerly been owned and operated by Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. Have you ever heard of that? It used to be one of the huge mega churches in our country. And then a wonderful pastor there by the name of Kennedy. And so I went down there as a young pastor, and maybe Pastor Seaman, maybe you did too, but just amazed at the simplicity of the message that he implanted in our hearts that we should share with others so that they can be ready for the last day. And know for certain that when that day came, Christ would look at them and say, my brother, my sister, my beloved, come join me now forever. And he had a very simple plan, Pastor Kennedy. And you learned how to tell somebody the good news of the gospel in you know, five easy steps. It was very simple to remember. And then you had an opportunity to share that with someone. But when you knocked on the door to do that as a trained evangelism explosion person, someone would come to the door and you would say, you know, I'm from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church and we're just going through the neighborhood welcoming people. And just, do you have a few minutes to talk to us? And typically people would say yes. Some would say no. Days were different back then. But nonetheless, if you got into their home and began a conversation, you might say, and some of you know this, I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Is it okay? And the person would say, yeah, I guess so. And here's the question, and you know this. So. If you were to die tonight and stand in front of the throne of God, would God let you into his heaven? Well, that's a pretty profound question. And if God would say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And the people would think about that. And typically, the answer would be something like this. And I heard it myself, and I'm sure you have. Well, I'm not perfect. But uh, I've done my best. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I did my best. And then the person would say, you know what? I'm sorry. That's not the right answer. 
if you have an answer like that for God, I don't think he's going to let you in. And you do that with kind of a smile on your face. Then maybe you talk to someone else and they say, well, if, if, if I died and stood at the, 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 the gate of St. Peter and knocked on that gate and Peter came out and said, well, hello, what can I do for you? And you would say, well, I'd like to get into heaven. I just died. And then St. Peter would say, well, why should we let you into heaven? And the person looked at St. Peter and said, well, you know, I haven't had a perfect life. I've done some things that aren't so great. But I know that Jesus died for me. And he took all my sins away on the cross. And I'm a totally forgiven person. Even though I lack holiness and all of those things, I'm holy because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And St. Peter opened the door. He said, come on in. I'm supposed to be here next Sunday. I plan to be here. And I hope you are too, but who knows? Maybe between now and next Sunday, the words of Jesus will come true. And the day of the Son of Man will come. And you and I will be gathered not here, but before the throne of God and the Lamb, who will look at you with a smile, knowing you from eternity, forgiving you, and deigning you as his righteous, saved people. And that gives us joy. That's why we got to write one more stanza to that hymn we sang, where we celebrate what God has done for us through Jesus Christ for eternity. And that's how you get ready. May the Lord as his blessings to these words for Jesus' sake. Amen.